This episode contains discussions including medically recommended weight loss, weight loss surgery, binge eating disorder, and recounts of body shaming. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Body Story Podcast, a show about the way we're navigating the world and the bodies we've been given. I'm your host, Tiffany Eller, and I believe that if one person's story can change the way you look at them, a collection of stories may be able to change the world. Today, I'll be speaking with Clarissa, aka Clarissa Talks, on Instagram. Clarissa became a body positive advocate and plus size influencer on Instagram through her journey to discovering her own love within herself. She is also a filmmaker who wants to break barriers in the film industry and start her own production company that is inclusive for plus size women to tell their stories. Let's get into the episode. Hi, Clarissa. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be talking to you. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I want to ask you where you'd like to start in your body story, but I'm also curious, how long have you been an Instagram influencer? Like, when did you feel like you reached that point? That is such a funny question um, for me to think about. Um, it started, I started really getting into it maybe about a year ago in January. Um, but it kind of just happened very fast and very quickly. Um, so it's still something I'm trying to navigate. And um, the more I keep growing, the more I keep taking it seriously and really putting some effort into it. Cool. So it's been a pretty rapid growth for you then. Yes, it happened uh, kind of just out of nowhere one day. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was just starting to take photos of myself because I was going through my journey and feeling a little bit insecure. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start posting myself and just see, you know, how it takes me. But I never thought people were actually going to like follow and listen to it. So it's been really exciting to know that people want to hear my story and also, you know, follow me on my journey. So I guess my journey has always been a constant thing um, throughout my life. I've been pretty heavy um, for most of my life. And then um, but my body journey really changed for me uh, within the past two years or so. Um, maybe it was right after college in 2017. I went on vacation with my mom and we went to Kauai, which was so beautiful and lovely. Uh, but the first day that I was there, I actually slipped and fell in the shower and tore my ACL. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was kind of, it was a really unexpected thing, kind of crazy. I was actually at my heaviest then with my body. And it was just, it was, it's weird because sometimes I say it's a low point, but it was actually just like more of a turning point than a low point for me, um, where kind of everything changed in my life. And I really had to focus on my health and my weight and just take care of myself mentally as well. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on the recovery process of your ACL? Like, was it something where you were told that your weight had an effect on the healing process or procedures that needed to be done? What did that look like? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I went to the doctors once I found out that I tore pretty much my knee in many places, uh, but mainly my ACL. Um, the conversation was, how can I recover? How can I get weight loss, or, not weight loss surgery, but knee surgery? And the first thing they said was, 
I need to lose weight, a lot of weight before I can even get the surgery, which was very daunting to me because I've never really lost weight in my life. You know, I've done dieting here and there, but nothing's never ever really stuck. So I was concerned because I'm not even able to move at this point in a in a way to lose weight. So I had to look into getting weight loss surgery. And this is kind of something that I've thought about before. And I've also gotten rejected for through healthcare, which is really frustrating because I definitely was at a place where I would have benefited from a surgery like that at my size. So I had to look into it again. Uh, so yeah, I saw this dietitian and or talked to her and she told me about a binge eating disorder. And it's something I never heard of. I always assumed that eating disorders were mainly about, um, you know, bulimia and anorexia. But I never knew that I could have an eating disorder, especially at my size. So that was really eye opening to me for her to tell me that maybe this wasn't just me being fat and eating a lot of food and that I needed to diet and exercise to lose weight and that I actually had um, a type of mental illness that could be treated and taken care of and and helped without, you know, just me doing it on my own by willpower, I guess you could say. So I have a question about that. So you're you're going through this process of seeing the dietitian, getting approved for weight loss surgery so that you can get approved for ACL surgery. So is this whole time, like, are you dealing with a lot of pain in your knee as well? Yes, uh, a lot of pain. When I first had the knee injury, I was, I was so heavy that I couldn't even hold myself up on crutches. So I had to use a walker. And then I gradually went to using a cane. Um, and I, most of the pressure was on my my opposite side of my injury. So on my my left side is my knee injury and I use most of my weight on my right side. And I basically had to relearn how to walk properly again and just move without hurting my knee. Um, I couldn't put really any pressure on it. It was very terrifying. And the other issue was that because of my size as well, they didn't have knee braces that fit me. They didn't have anything really. I had to get a custom brace just to repair my MCL because that can be repaired by just not um, using it and kind of just holding it together um, with the brace. So yeah, I was I was in very, uh, very, a lot of pain. I wasn't moving almost at all. I was in bed for the first couple of months, not being able wow. to do really anything and feeling really, really helpless. And there was a lot of mental health things going on with me because of that, where I kind of just felt like this, like nothing, nothing was going to get better for me, basically. Oh, man. So how long did you have to wait before things started to, I don't know, get moving in the whole process? Yeah. So once I started talking to the dietitian and I decided to go to recovery for my binge eating disorder, things started happening a little more rapidly. It was kind of a time where I wasn't able to work or anything like that because originally I was a dog groomer and being, you know, having to move around and lift dogs, I was not able to do that after my knee injury. So this recovery time or this treatment time actually gave me a lot of motivation and something to do every day pretty much and something to really focus on and focus on myself, which I've actually never done before. So once I started doing that, um, I was also seeing doctors all at the same time, 
to get approval for my weight loss surgery. My health insurance finally went through about weight loss surgery. And that took maybe almost a year after my initial injury. Yeah, to actually get the weight loss surgery. Yeah, it took a very long time. Health insurance is really a struggle. And the one that I had at the time needed me to prove that I could do it and all this other stuff. But yeah, so then I got the um, the gastric sleeve surgery in, I want to say June 2018, I believe. Well, so yeah. pretty recently. Yes, this was very, very recently. This all kind of happened within the past It'll be three years this summer from my knee injury and then two years this summer from my weight loss surgery. Tell me about that. Once you had the surgery or going through the surgery, I kind of want to learn what your experience was there because we, I interviewed somebody last season who had bariatric surgery. And so I'm curious to hear how your experience differs from hers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mine was quite interesting, especially because of my eating disorder recovery, it was kind of like I had to figure out what was best for me in that process and um, figure out how I could also lose weight, but also be making sure that I take care of myself. And the first couple of months were very, very difficult. That was something you cannot prepare for, even if you're, you know, you're looking up, I did a lot of research about it and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't realize that it can take a major toll on your mental health. And just especially because you're not eating as much food and you're, you know, still recovering from a major surgery. Um, And that was hard for me to do that. I had to learn how to kind of walk again. I would walk around my court um, maybe every couple of hours or so. Um, But even then I was uh, very much out of breath and struggling Um, And it was scary. And I didn't think that I tried not to be obsessed with the weight loss part of it and just know that this is something that's going to make me feel better um, rather than rather than just look at a scale. Um, Because for me, a scale is not the defining thing of how someone's worth is or how they feel and if they're healthy or not. So that's something that I always tried very, very hard to not make a big part of uh, my journey. But the weight loss happened very fast and very quickly. Um, It's been something that I'm still trying to figure out and grasp because, um, yeah, I'm not on a specific diet or anything like that, but I'm just trying to be my best self, basically. Was it hard to, well, okay, this is my limited knowledge of the surgery. So your no stomach is essentially, it shrinks, like they, they make it smaller. So was it hard to transition to, I guess, eating less food because you, you physically can't eat more, correct? Correct, yes. Um, yeah, you start out by literally only having liquids and eating very little, not even like one egg, pretty much. It was very very rough in the beginning trying to grasp that because the thing that you don't realize and that I didn't really think about as much is that your mind does not change when you get this surgery it's only a physical change so you can still you can be full very quickly 
but your head somehow still is trying to say, you need more food, you need more food. So that is something that you have to get used to and you have to remember. And definitely eating certain things a lot more, like protein and and veggies and all that kind of stuff. A lot less carbs because they do fill you up a lot quicker. So you cannot have as much. And you also, but the protein also gives you more energy. So yeah, it's the, it's a weird thing to get used to. It's definitely changes too. So when you start out, when you first start out, it's more like you're definitely not eating a lot at all. But obviously, since I, it's been over a year now, it's gotten to a point where I eat more normal portions, you could say, but still get full a lot more quicker than I thought I would. So at this point, when you got the surgery, you had already gone through a recovery process for your binge eating disorder. Was that mentality of binge eating, did that still occur or were you already like healed enough from that, that like when you got the surgery, that wasn't a problem? Like you didn't crave binging if that's, I don't, I don't think that's, (laughs) do you know what I'm trying to get at? No, I definitely understand. Yeah. It's more of like, so for me, my binge eating disorder, and I think for many people who have a binge eating disorder, we're not necessarily eating because we're hungry. We're eating because we need to fill a void in ourselves. Um, may it be an emotional void or something's going on in our life or we're going through something or depressed, then that food kind of comforts us in a different way, in a way that we're not getting through other other things in our life. So yeah, it was a major struggle and it definitely still is to this day for me. Um, because the thing that I always talk about when, with my eating disorder is that it's something that doesn't go away. It's something that you kind of learn to live with for the rest of your life. And I don't mean that in a negative way because it is a part of me and it's something that had, that did get me through a lot of very tough times. Um, so now I, um, very much use a lot of other coping mechanisms to get through those cravings and those um, urges to do that. And I also have a very good support team with me. I go to uh, recovery meetings uh, weekly if I can through the, um, the place that I went to for my treatment. And I also see a therapist every other week. I talk to my dietitian every other week because for me, talking about these urges and these issues help me more than anything. Um, I think if you don't talk about it, then, you know, you kind of feel like you're suffering alone. And the one thing that I've realized is that you are, nobody is alone in this world. And the more you talk about it, the more you can get through anything. Yeah, that is so true. I I know that for me, there's certain things where if I let them fester under the surface, it can just bother me and bother me. But as soon as I speak it, it's, it's fine. Like, I just need to get it out of me and into the world and have that support. So I totally relate to that. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly why my page, I tried to make my page something, an environment where people can talk about their issues and can talk about things that they're going through. And also for me to to speak out about what I'm going through, uh, because I'm not perfect and definitely uh, want people to know that, that nobody, uh, Nobody is perfect, but that doesn't mean that you're amazing the way you are. 
Yeah, I love that. So I, I'm curious about that community that you've fostered on Instagram. Can you tell me a little bit about the type of interaction you find that you have now that you are a bigger influencer and that your community has grown? Like, are those interactions really positive? Do you get a lot of good feedback from people? Yeah, definitely. It's It's been kind of amazing. There's times where I am doubtful that I'm like getting to anybody because sometimes you can have a lot of followers but not everyone is uh engaging on your page but then there's times where I get people uh messaging me saying that your story inspired me and I look forward to seeing your post on your page and all that kind of stuff and yeah it's really it's the the community is very interesting um I think that I have on my page it's a lot of um, just people of all sizes and sometimes even older women who don't feel comfortable necessarily wearing certain things or, um, you know, just kind of flaunting their bodies the way they are. And they're just really happy to see what I do and how I show myself on my page and my body. And, you know, I'm also challenging myself to wear things that I used to never wear when I was younger. Um, I would always try to cover my body because I never thought that I was, I don't know, able to. I think it was just this weird rule that I always thought I wasn't able to show my body like that. I was also too insecure to. So I'm also challenging myself and hopefully challenging others to for them to realize that they can wear whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you make sure that you are continuing to be your most authentic self as an influencer. Yeah, definitely. That is a very big challenge that I actually struggle with and try to uh, be, you know, my most authentic self. For me, uh, image-wise, when I'm showing my pictures, I try, I do not edit any of my photos besides color correcting or anything like that. I never alter the way my body looks. You can see my cellulite, my stretch marks, everything about my body is very authentic. And I want people to realize that, that they don't need to do that because I think there is way too much of that on Instagram, even for uh, for straight size and plus size influencers. And it's something that really bothers me. I, yeah, I just want us to look, realize that we can look the way we are and we look beautiful the way we are. For me, when I tell my story, that is where I think I struggle the most. I want to be seen as my most authentic self, but sometimes my most authentic self isn't always that happy, cheerful person, you know, that people want to see on Instagram. And when I do talk about, you know, how, how I'm struggling with something and how, you know, I'm just not doing my best right now, it does not get as much um, attention because you know, somebody told me this, I don't know who said this, but they said, you know, nobody wants to see somebody sad or unhappy, but that is a part of me. So I try to let that be known on my page and let, you know, people know that it is okay to be upset. It is okay to be sad. It is okay to not feel super great about your body in the moment, as long as you just keep going with yourself. Um, so yeah, that is, the authenticity thing is what I always try to do and something I want to keep doing and um, opening up more um, about who I am and where I've come from and all that good stuff. Yeah. So is, this isn't quite body story related, but I, I'm so curious. 
is your Instagram kind of like a job for you? Like, do you find that you have to be present there constantly for your followers that do get so much out of you sharing? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, It is, I want it, I treat it like a job because I want it to continue to be like a job and do something I love. Um, Not as in it's a chore, but definitely engagement is important and talking to everyone and reaching out to others and also connecting with other influencers and brands are very, very important to me. And yeah, I definitely see like a job and it's, it's difficult because there are times like anybody in any job where you just are not motivated that day and you just don't want to go on. (laughs) And there are times where I'm very much someone who I'm very supportive of social media, but I also don't want it to be something where it consumes me. Um, I want to also be very present in my life and the way and what I'm doing in my life um, and realizing that social media isn't the end all to to end all. And if I need to take time away, I am allowed to. Um, And I think because I think sometimes people do get a little bit too, too much in it. And um, but yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm having being being present in a healthy way and not just always on it or obsessing over it, I guess you could say. That's really refreshing to hear from from you, from somebody that does have a large following, because as somebody who's trying to make a difference in the body positivity realm on Instagram, sometimes it does feel like, like I have to be here all the time. And if I don't do this, this is going to happen. Or like these people are going to leave. Or I'm so glad to hear that you are, have been able to maintain a healthy relationship with social media as your account has grown. That's really cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I really thought I, for me, that's the only way you can do it. Sustainably. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, you have to be, you don't have to always be your best self, but you definitely want to be at your healthiest and in a good place mentally when you are on social media, because that can be a way people bring out, it, it can be a way for people to sometimes vent and sometimes express themselves in a way that um, can be unhealthy. And I, I just want to make sure that I'm putting positive, good things out there for everyone, and that I'm in a good space. And it, it just feels like such a supportive community, too, which is also a great thing. Even when I am not at my best self, there are people always reaching out or commenting and, you know, or just not feeling like you're alone in it either is always really, really special. Yeah, that's really nice. Do you, uh, on that same note, have you had any backlash on Instagram? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's the really cool thing about Instagram lately. And this is something I got from a friend of mine who is an influencer before I even started. um, Because I told her I was very scared to show myself and my body authentically on Instagram. And she said, you know what, you can do that. And you can also have a lot of control over what people say on your page. Um, For example, so you can take out words and phrases and emojis and all that kind of stuff that people post on your page, you know, just triggering words to you, you can put those words in, um, in a filter to where they are not allowed to post that kind of stuff on your page. Which makes me cool. It's really amazing. And it's a tool that I definitely use a lot. uh, Because yeah, you don't have to see all of that negativity on your page just because you are a public figure. 
you do not need to see any of that and you not to need to you do not need that negativity on there but there are still people on there that do try very hard to um say what that they want to say about my body some people comment on how i look and how it's not attractive or appealing to them and you know it's surprising that i get also some backlash on my weight loss um because i am plus size and i do consider myself still plus size even with my weight loss um so there are people that do get upset by my weight loss too which is kind of hard to hear but i also remind them and also try to make it more of a teaching thing for them to realize that um I'm just trying to be my healthiest self. It's not about how I look. It's not about anything like that. It's literally just about me trying to be in recovery for my knee and my binge eating disorder and just feel great. And that that can be at any size. That's awesome. It sounds like you have a pretty good head on your shoulders regarding other people's opinions. It sounds like you you have such a true north like you know your truth. I don't know if I'm just projecting that, but do these types of comments and stuff ever stick with you? Do they ever get you down? Or are you just like, yeah, that's their problem, not mine? Um, definitely. I mean, I'm human. Um, I think that's the easiest way to answer that. (laughs) So when you hear negative things, no matter how confident you are in your body, there is something in you that is going to feel hurt. I mean, for me, I'm someone that always tries to, I'm more of a people pleaser and someone that just wants to be uh, spreading positivity and love. And I would hope I don't upset anyone. So I definitely take things a bit too personally at times. Um, And that's something I very much try to work on. And Instagram has honestly given me a kind of an outlet to get a little bit tougher skin and realize that most of the things that these people are saying are because they're projecting and they're more insecure. They could have something going on in their life and they could be insecure about what their body story kind of is. Um, And I hope that, you know, me giving them my love and my response in a positive way maybe will uh, help them on their journey. Um, But yeah, no, I try not to let it get to me. It really depends on the day. I think with everyone, Mental health is kind of like a roller coaster ride. So um, there are times where I'm a little bit more down on myself or I can take those things more personally. And then there's other days where I'm kind of just laugh it off. And it's like, you know, I do know my truth and I do try to stick to my story uh, and what I believe in. And I also, honestly, the thing that I think about the most is just how far I've come and realizing that they don't know my full story and they do not know how far I've come because that's also something that's. That is a is a struggle when people don't realize that I've actually lost like a very a very big amount of weight and uh, you know some people are like well you're still unhealthy or you're still uh, you know they say they think I'm you know sitting around eating Twinkies or something crazy you know that's usually a, a weird comment that people like sharing is thinking that I just eat unhealthy all day and I don't do anything else but. In reality, it's like I'm actually like the healthiest I've ever been. And these people don't know that. And there are times where I do want to justify it uh, because because it's it's not fair to my story and to what I've been through for people to just think that I, I don't I don't do anything to take care of myself. 
Right. I mean, that's a huge stereotype in the first place. But if you live in a bigger body, you're not doing anything for your health. Exactly. And that's something that I am a huge advocate for is the stigma with health and especially in the health industry and how just because I have a bigger body just equates to me being unhealthy. And there's so many people and other influencers that I'm just very, very supportive of and look and watch and know that they are not in an unhealthy space. And just because they are in a bigger body does not mean anybody should judge them for that. And I would hope that me being present on social media and others like me, uh, I hope that can start changing people's minds about health and equating it to size, because I definitely do not think that. I mean, even when I was my heaviest, there wasn't any health issues that I had. And even now I'm even better than I was and still in a bigger body. So it's frustrating because people look at me and assume that I'm unhealthy. But I don't think anybody has that right to uh, judge health by how someone looks. Yeah. I'm curious, going back to the story about your ACL, was being told that you needed to lose weight in order to get the surgery for your ACL, was it like, was it framed in a way where you, you accepted and understood that like, okay, yes, this is for the best because it would be at risk for me to get this surgery at this weight? Or was it, did you have part of you that was like, well, is this just discriminatory because they just want me to lose weight? Like, what what did that feel like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, when I first heard it, it was very hard. Um, in reality, for most, when I eat, when I was heavier, I was very much against weight loss surgery. I really did think it was something just horrible to get done. And for people to think that I needed it and um, always suggesting it, it was very, very hard. Um, but then once I did have my knee injury, I did realize that it was something I needed to do to move again, to live my life, to do things. And yeah, it kind of just shifted for me completely once it wasn't about looking a certain way. And it was more about feeling a certain way. Um, I think that's the hardest thing that I I do get nervous, uh, you know, being in a plus size space, especially on social media and kind of also saying, hey, I got weight loss surgery. It is something uh, some people can judge very harshly and can think of not being the healthiest decision for them. But I think everyone's story is different and everyone gets things for different reasons. I don't think I should be shunned or anybody else should be shunned for getting this weight loss surgery. And you know, still loving themselves. Um, once you change that, and especially for doctors, I mean, because even now I still see doctors and they're like, oh, you know, you should try this diet or you should try these weight loss pills. And it's really hard because it's like, I'm I'm not going to do that. And I, it's, it's hard because I just want to be seen as like someone who has come a long way and uh, not feel like I need to be my smallest self to be my best self, I guess you could say. Yeah. So from there, I would love to shift and talk kind of about your, your filmmaking. I'm so interested in that. Can you tell me what you do in filmmaking and your vision for including plus sized women in that vision? Definitely. Yeah, it's something that's still really new to me. Um, 
I actually went to school for film production and uh, right after I graduated is when I got my knee injury. So I never really got a chance to jump into that film world the way I wanted to. And um, now that I'm in a better place, I've talked to film people and directors and kind of wanted to help. And um, the odd thing is that even though because I am in a bigger body, there have been I have been getting people in the industry kind of saying, well, this is a really physically demanding job. And uh, I'm not sure you could like handle this kind of thing. And that was really hard for me. I took it very, very hard. And it's something again, you know, judging my body and my size and not assuming I can do something or that I am unhealthy. And I just really want to break that stigma. And I want anyone to be included and telling their stories and making films and be able to do things on a film set without being judged or being, you know, being something being too physically demanding. I think anybody is allowed to tell their story and shouldn't have to uh, be physically fit or even, uh, you know, fully abled to do that. Um, And I really became passionate about that through my Instagram and through talking to people and realizing that I can tell my story and I don't need to look a certain way to do that. And I don't need to also with my injury, it's kind of hard, but even being able, yeah, fully physically able to do that. Um, Currently right now I am a teacher at a college for students with special needs. um, And I teach them film production, which I love so much. And it's also added to my inspiration and motivation to tell my story and help others tell their stories in the process. Wow, that's so cool. I love that. (laughs) So what's next for you then, either as an influencer or as a filmmaker or or a teacher, any of those three? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of all up in the air. I mean, since I got my knee injury, I kind of just let my life kind of go where it's going. Currently, I am hoping to travel a lot more this year for my influencing stuff and um, hoping to go to LA next month, which will be really exciting. With film things, I we're getting ready to do a film festival for the college that I work at. So that's always very, very fun. And yeah, just hoping to make my own stories and get back into that kind of realm, uh, because that's something I really like doing. And I think the great a great way for me to, or that I started doing that is through my Instagram, but now I'm ready to start telling my story through filmmaking as well. Oh, that's exciting. So what, what is your ideal role in the filmmaking industry? My ideal role is, um, it's weird to say director, because I feel like everyone wants to be a director, but (laughs) just to be able to claim it, own it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I want to be a director. I want to, I want to tell my own stories. And like, through my Instagram, I want to help others kind of be inspired or realize that they're not alone in their journey. And um, yeah, the ultimate goal, obviously, is to have my own production company and help others tell their stories that feel like they're not able to in a in a normal setting. I just want to be there for anybody who wants to speak up and uh, be filmmakers and be creative. I want to just be that support for anybody out there. Well, I'm excited to see where that goes because I have no doubt in my mind that you are capable of all of that. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you like to leave our audience with today? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, I definitely want to leave the audience, your audience especially, with the fact that no matter what size we are, we are able to do anything. And all of our possibilities are limitless. And I really hope somebody out there hearing my story can really embrace themselves and how they look and that everyone is just beautiful the way they are. And I just, the way I say it, I guess, is I just want everyone to see how beautiful I see them through my eyes. I want them to feel that because I really, really want that for everyone out there is to just live unapologetically just the way they are. It's part of my mission too. Yeah. So. <laughs> And can you let my listeners know where they can find you on Instagram or other parts of the internet? Definitely. Yeah. The main place is at, uh, on Instagram. It's, uh, Clarissa talks is my handle. Um, you can find me on there. I'm always open for direct messages or emails and all that good stuff. I love hearing from people and their stories as well. And knowing that, yeah, I'm not alone in my journey. Oh, Well, thank you so much for being with me today. This has been a really delightful interview. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been so, so great. How much body positivity is too much body positivity? I personally can never get enough of it. If you're like me and you find yourself seeking out more opportunities to surround yourself with media that affirms that you are normal or worthy of love or even just a reminder that you deserve happiness, I invite you to add the Little Cuties coloring book to your collection of body positive influences. With 50 original Little Cuties and six create your own templates, the Little Cuties coloring book aims to showcase different body and mental health experiences and give them the representation that we lack in the mainstream media. If this sounds like the kind of thing you'd like to add to your bookshelf or spend time coloring while you relax, please email us at bodystorypodcast at gmail.com to place your order. It's my goal to fund the Body Story Podcast by selling my own original artwork so I don't have to have podcast sponsors nor exploit the personal stories of my guests. So the books are $25 with free domestic shipping, and I'm working to get my website up and running to make purchasing easier. But for now, you can inquire at bodystorypodcast at gmail.com to place your order. If you'd like to take a peek at what these little cuties look like before committing to a whole coloring book, you can see all the book characters and more at Body Story Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. This episode of the Body Story Podcast was edited by John Waters.